Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today in the show, we talk with uh, old friend Tom Jordy about how to take play seriously. So um, Mo Oniger and I talked with Tom today uh, about how to... Uh, Make sure that play is an essential part of your relationship with your kids. Obviously, we know it is important. We know it is something that we all need. It is, however, sometimes difficult to muster that play within us when we need to correct something or when we are just tired. So we talked with Tom all about that. Um, He is someone that um, painfully knows the price that he had to pay different times for taking play seriously, (laughs) including breaking his ankle. Um, And... Uh, on a COVID uh, social distancing sticker. So uh, you'll hear reference to that. That's what that's from. Uh, you can go back to our last episode with Jordy's to hear that story. Uh, but Tom is a, a great friend and um, just a wonderful, wonderful um professional. And you'll hear all about his work in South Africa. You'll also hear about um, he and his wife, Dawn, and their kids and just the way they've incorporated play into their parenting. It's great and you're going to love it. So if you've never listened to an episode with Jordy's before, you are going to uh, love Tom and his sense of humor and just his transparency and vulnerability. And so um, so glad we got to have him on today. Now, without any further ado, here he is and Mo Ottinger is and I am talking about how to take play seriously. Well, okay, as promised, we've got the great Tom Jordy with us here today. Um, and he is uh, in a sweater. You can't see that, obviously, if you are listening on the podcast, but he's in a sweater because it is winter. Um, and so I will disclaim at the very beginning of this uh, episode, one of our questions we realized was a super American question about seasons, about summer. Um, and uh, it's not summer in South Africa, Tom. And so, um, so we'll... We'll edit that question out just a little bit, but um, Tom is with us. Tom and his wife Dawn are Cultivate Connection facilitators in um, outside of Johannesburg, South Africa, and we are uh, just thrilled for him to be with us today and to talk just a few minutes about taking place seriously. Um, if you have been listening for a while, um, you will know kind of the reason that we wanted to think about Tom uh, for this individual episode was just that he is so good at taking play seriously that sometimes he even sacrifices uh bones and um ha- suffers major injuries <laughs> in uh, in the course of taking play very seriously and so we'll talk about that in just a few minutes but um without any further ado tom how are you thanks for being with us lady it's great to be with you guys as always um Mo is with us as well and um and so we're why don't we start with this I'll before we before we jump uh into conversation I'll kind of read um the connecting practice kind of as we've got it written out again just a you know subtle nod to the connecting practices handbook which Thomas got uh in his hands right now if you don't have it yet it's an awesome resource you should get it the links in our show notes get it. you can go to the website uh it's great. So uh, when we take play seriously, obviously this is something that is not just for kids. Uh, kids and adults need to play. And we've got three core components that we want to practice when we're taking play seriously. So we want to think through these things um, as kind of our filter for how do we decide um, or, or how do we kind of guide ourselves in this if this is something that we don't naturally do super well. And so those core components are 
playing to connect. So even when you're in seasons of feeling conflict, frustration, or annoyance, um, trying to find ways, working to find ways to play together, playing to cultivate growth. So kids obviously learn so much through play. So from language development to academic development, social emotional development, all of that's promoted through healthy play. And we also want to play to redirect. And so we need to uh, lay down the law. Sometimes we need to set boundaries. We need to make sure that there's correction when there is, um, when there is a misstep, but we can redirect modern misbehaviors with playful interactions. And when we do that, it can disarm fear and keep the train moving and keep from, a you know, help you avoid uh, some of those massive meltdowns that come over really small things. And so that is kind of how we define taking place seriously. And so I think, you know, uh, before we really jump into it, Tom, for people who have not listened to you guys before and don't know you, would you just kind of set the stage for, um, how, you know, what you do professionally, you and Don in South Africa, and then uh, how you got introduced to ETC. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, Dawn is the best mom in South Africa. I'll say it so nobody gets upset. <laughs> in South Africa. Um, and she does that. Three of our kids at home are homeschooled and one has started high school this year. So and he's gone off to high school. Um, and I am what's called here a specialist wellness counselor. So essentially um, I do counseling and I'll engage primarily with, with schools. Um, and then in my private practice, I tend to engage more with adults um, for, for various things. And so, you know, the, the ETC and then TBRI principles have, have become very useful in that context, uh, especially with not, I think in South Africa, I think there's about five TBRI practitioners in the whole of the, the country. I think I'm to be one or two in, in Joburg. Um, and ETC was something we connected with. Our, our first uh, adoption happened 10 years ago. And then like all of us, we just realized that a couple of tools in this tool, but seem to have fallen out on, <laughs> on the way. Um, or uh, they, just, they just weren't um, cutting it. Uh, and then we, I think along the way, you know, got connected with... Um, the connected uh, child and heard about Dr. Karen Purvis and that sort of thing. And we 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 went to a, a similar cast of one of the the, the party connect uh, conferences. And then from that, we just thought, you know, these tools are great. Uh, we want to learn more. And we were blessed enough to come over to the States and meet you guys and, and do the training there. And I think that's about four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then we've just taken it from there and then training here and, and I think it's nice as well because through COVID, we were able to do stuff online and being in a useful time zone, we also got to connect with people that the States was too far for them, but they could connect with us. So that was quite fun and and, and unique to, to have that opportunity and just also to facilitate that training with people who'd honestly never heard of a lot of these tools and a lot of these approaches to to just just to supporting these kids from from difficult, difficult places in that. Um, so yeah, so that's where we are. And as I said to you earlier, um, I entered the the room in Memphis as um, a, a finance guy, and and and, and now I'm really doing um, in more of a, a psychology space. So it's 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 been an interesting, and it's all on the back of this stuff. Just just really um, speaking to us as a family, and just just making us realize that there's a need for it, and and families who are in desperate need of support. And and tools and it it gives that so that's that's been really great. Um, I love that. 
uh, I, I want to know from your perspective, uh, what's your favorite thing when you think about kind of taking place seriously, do you have a favorite element of that or, or a reason that, um, that you enjoy this particularly? I think for me, my big one is the disarm sphere. That is my number, my number one thing. Um, you know, and just, just how it's, you know, those are three components of playing to connect, to cultivate growth and to redirect. I think for me, for me, the biggest one is, and I use it often with kids, is to is to connect and and to to redirect. And I think it's so great because anyone can do it. You don't need to have some snazzy yeah. qualification, or you don't have to, you know, be uh, super skilled in a, a certain area. We know how to play. We know how to get down and just have a bit of fun with kids. And it's amazing yeah. how you can just see the lights turn on. Um, you know, practically. It's it's some schools I'll be called to a classroom where a child is absolutely melting down and the teacher's got to get busy with the other 20 of them. And, you know, within a minute or two, by simply playing, you put a ball into the space, you pull some Lego in front, you, you're connecting in, in, in what can sometimes feel like, am I actually doing anything of right. a professional nature? Yeah, because <laughs> from the outside, sure. it looks like, you know, a guy's just playing. Um, but the way that it helps you connect and just disarm fear that for me is key. I don't enter a, a session with a child without planning to play. Um, it just it opens the door. It doesn't matter if it's a young one, you know, older, even sort of touching on teenage. It just opens up a way that they can connect with you and they feel safe to do that. So, so that is mine. That that um, that disarms fear absolutely. Mo, what about you? When you think about that, I mean, I, I also think of you as somebody who does this really well, and you've been parenting for a while and through, you know, a variety of situations and coaching other families here and all that. Like, do you have a favorite element of that? Or, or is there a reason you you gravitate toward that? Well, yeah, it's interesting, because I, I watched a, a dad with a kid the other day, and they were, he was trying to navigate his son through the parking lot. And like he was having such a hard time, you know, getting from the building to the car. And like, I just remember the days that of parenting that every, every transition, every move, everything was just such a deep struggle and realizing that play is the language of children. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it like so much can be avoided through play. And everything does not have to escalate and everything does not have to be a battle. And so um, I think just, um, you know, for me, learning how I play, learning how my kids play and being able, like, like Tom said, it's, it's, it's about connection at the end of the day. And so, I mean, I sitting down and playing with a kid first thing in the morning can set the tone at our house for the whole day. And it's because they now connected with dad, yeah. right? A, a game of Uno at the breakfast table. Um, just uh, there's a connection. And once there's a connection, it's just, yeah, it, it sets the tone. So again, the power of play, it is, it is, um, I can't stress it enough. I mean, I think, I know there's some quote probably by Stuart Brown, but you know, play is not this extra add-on. Play is kind of the, the core of who we are, and it's the core activity that we need to do. And Tom said it, it's it's about felt safety. And when there's felt safety for a child, felt safety um, 
between an adult and a child, then then the relationship changes. And we were joking before we came on, both uh, JD and I have become cat um, parents, um, <laughs> separately, <laughs> not planned. And, yeah, we're not co-parenting cats. We're not co-parenting cats. We have our own cats. And yeah. and it's interesting. I've thought about play so much and felt safety with this little cat that we found. And it is amazing now with felt safety, just how the play has taken off with just this little animal. And the same is true for all of us. When there is felt safety, however we play, um, the relationship just yeah. goes smoother. It, it, you know, there's a depth to it and, you know, things open up. It's amazing to see the kid's eyes just turn on. I mean, the idea when I go to, to, to meet with, with the teacher or something and the, the, the child's playing up and you need to get them from a to b and they're trying to like tussle this 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 ball with with arms and legs that are going everywhere and the moment you can say okay do you want to walk like a ninja or fly like a rocket all of a sudden the eyes just explode and it's like oh i want to be a rocket you go, <laughs> yeah you know it's yeah. like yeah. and they look at you like what it's like it's gonna work you know, because mm-hmm. it's right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and I think, I, I think back when I was at school and uh, like in a school setting professionally, and you're right, it, it, there are times you feel like, like a total fraud when you were like walking, like frog walking down the hall with a kid that was just threatening to beat up the entire class. Right. Yeah. And teachers like guys, so soft, never punishes the kid, never suspends him. Look at this. He's playing with them. Like he gets reward. That's why he behaves this way. And then yeah, a couple months, a <laughs> couple months down the road, it's like, you know, student of the week and student of the month. They're like, well, he's really turned into a leader in the classroom. I mean, this is, I don't know, how did this happen? Mm-hmm. frog walking had a part in i'll tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> the power of frog walking. <laughs> that's what we should have named it um <laughs> yeah. so uh let me ask you this Tom. do you feel like i mean this that i guess the end of that question kind of plays right into this next question but w- what do you think are some of the common um misconceptions missteps when it comes to taking place seriously like um do you do you feel like you when you guys are teaching this, this, this principle in class, do you feel like there's a, there's a way to kind of guide through that? I think people have got, I think you, you're breaking sort of these, these almost golden calf parenting rules. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we want to have fun, but when there's a time to be serious, you know, I'm serious and, and you may not, you may not entertain the idea of a smile or fun or something creative. And, you know, it has to look a certain way. And, and, and I think, I think allowing people to be free and, and not say, this is what it should be, not prescribing what it necessarily should be, but, but knowing themselves, what they are comfortable with, what they're okay with, what the child is, what their child is, is okay with what their, their child really, um, uh, enjoys or connects with. Um, I find that's important because I think a lot of a lot of the things when it comes to sort of parenting is, oh, let, let me just not that uh, jot that down or what's the what's the steps to go? And the reality is when it comes to play, it's yeah. just that. It's it's fun, it's connecting, it's safe, and and you can flow. Um, and it often is going to look odd to other people who are not in that little play bubble, if you, if you will. But that's okay. 
um, and and being comfortable with that. And and also at the same time, sometimes yeah, it's it's not a silver bullet that's going to fix everything, but it does allow you to go on a journey with that child um, that then can perhaps take them to the place you want to go. But yeah, I, I think I think for me that's a big thing. It's often like. Well, what does that look like? You know, what 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 must it look like? And so, well, it, it must look like whatever it must look like. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, and JD, I'll, I'll add this too. When like I early on in parenting for me, it was first time obedience. It was like rules. It was like when Dad says it, you know, you 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 do it. You know, if, yeah. if I say jump, you ask how high. You know, it was just always this. And when I began to learn about play and, you know, I was told, like we've told, go play, play with kids. You can, you can connect. Then I kind of took that to like, okay, I'm just going to be the fun guy. And, and, you know, I came running in from work and I was like, you know, and I was wreaking havoc on the house, you know, like, because again, I had to learn how do my children like to play? Yeah. And for some of my kids, especially older kids, I thought, well, being sarcastic and doing this kind of stuff would be real playful. Even today, when I've got kids in their twenties, they don't do sarcasm, but for some reason, I think that's real playful and I'm just going to, you know, <laughs> and so also it's, it's play is not just about being silly and goofy and loud. And it's, it's, it's realizing, um, okay, reading the room, understanding the child, understand, you know, in the home, I've got you know, six kiddos. So it's, it's understanding their personalities, um, whether they're introvert, extrovert, you know, some man, if I, if I said, let's go jump on the trampoline, man, they would want to do that in a heartbeat and they would do it as long as I would, you know, if we could jump for an hour, they would do it. Some of my kiddos, that would be like terrible. That could, that's the worst thing ever for them. Right. And so, it's it's understanding your children, understanding yourself, and being able to play that again, the goal is connection. Yeah. And and or one of the goals is connection. And so if that's the goal when I come in, uh, then I want to do it in a way that they will want to connect. And so that was a learning process for me, that it's not just being silly, goofy, loud, grabbing them, throwing them on the ground, wrestling, you know, for some that was offensive. <laughs> so I needed to learn how to play that was appropriate for each of my kids. That's so true. Hey? How, how do we play? We, we've always got, we've got a purpose behind all our, all our tools. Right. It might look like something on, on, on the surface, but underneath it's like, I'm, I'm going somewhere. I just need you to come with me and how right. best, how best to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important piece within this idea is that it requires us, again, being students of our kids and knowing um, how they like to play, knowing what we, we talked a lot about the in in our um, Cultivate Connection course, the, the, parent, the, the different styles of play. And everybody's got a preferred style of play. And, and so knowing that about ourselves and knowing that about our kids helps us to then better bridge some of those gaps. And Mo, you've talked before about you know, having kids who have a different play style than you. And, but once you realize it, knowing, okay, here's a way that I can engage with this kid specifically. And it might not be my same style, but I can go meet them where they're at that way. 
and and build that bridge to connect in in a more specific way. I I think all the time about um <laughs> on the office, uh the American office, the um that was the best one though. Just the episode, <laughs> I agree. Uh the episode where Michael Scott is is meeting one of Pam and Jill Pam and Jim's friends uh for a date and he he shows up as date Mike and he's slinging the pool stick around these guys hat turned backward and he's acting like a complete fool and it, it you know he like goes completely outside of himself and i think about that when what you were sharing about like coming home wreaking havoc all the time sometimes we can get in our head that we have to now become like masters of comedy or something and and it and it can break connection and so like being acting within ourselves knowing our kids like um helps to be able to bridge those gaps a little better and um and i mean it, it also well, takes work yeah, it. yeah, it yeah. does. It does. And um, let, real quick, and I know, JD, when we talk about the play types, I think it would be beneficial. Like, again, I, I said Stuart Brown originally, he's over the National Institute of Play, but he would say that the different play types are collectors, competitors, creators, artists, director, explorer, joker, storyteller, and then like the athlete, the body movement, the kinesthetic. And so knowing like beginning to realize that I've got some kids that are jokers, then I can be silly and joke. Right. But also realizing I've got a kid that's a collector and that means this kid's room is not necessarily a place that I need to battle. Right. It was always like, clean your room, clean your room. And it's like, you know what, when I, when I backed up and realized, no, actually in this area of his room, look what he's, got collecting and look what he's then I need to just help him set up a room for his collection, things that are important for him. And so it just really, there were some, if I can just be honest, battles going on. But once I began to understand the wiring of my kiddos, um, play types, play personalities, whatever you want to call it, then um, it was super, super helpful. So yeah. that's it. Um, I'll change, I'll change this next question because this is an American question. So <laughs> we've been asking people, how are you planning on using this connecting practice this summer? So, uh, Tom, in this American summer, your winter, how are you guys finding yourself using, using this practice? You know, I, I think we will be spending time inside. So my, my girls love, love dancing. So that's that's a great way for them to show, you know, how bad I am at dancing. Um, but but it's just fun. It's fun for them just to see you busy all day doing whatever profession. You come home, and that works for them. You 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 you're dancing with their silly music, um, engaging that way. Then you might have you might have ones who are puzzles. My one son who's who's sitting off here. He loves he loves his art. You know, so you can sitting perhaps doing some some of that with him um my my, my eldest is you know he he's he's big uh, he he loves gaming um which which i don't but <laughs> you, sitting and and learning and understanding that world and and being I, I find quite honestly if you're able to use a few words in in a teenager's life that make you sound like you know what's going on um you went off the half the battle um <laughs> But I think it it is really getting down with what they are doing. I mean, the, the other night, my my youngest was playing uh, unicorns in the cupboard and, and putting them in the cupboard. 
and getting on the floor. And that this is another thing as well. It's it doesn't seem to be you're there for an hour. You know, I think sometimes parents go, I don't have time. Right. I, I've got a serious and the reality is it 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 was 10, 15 minutes after dinner. It was it yeah. I want it was nice to be on the floor anyways. It was nice for me just to relax, but to, to have a unicorn or a, a my little pony in your hand. Yeah. Um and the benefit of it for them. Um, you know, so it's it'll be inside, it'll be focused around little activities that that they are doing and, and really trying to capitalize um on what they're doing and, and not worrying that it, you know. You're not outside in, in lengthy periods of time, not riding bikes or, or anything like that. One thing we do do as well, even though it is cold, we we, we love family walks and, and parks sort of around Joburg and that. And yeah. that that can be quite quite fun. And, and that also sort of meets other other needs. Uh, rides on the shoulder, piggybacks. Um, there might be a little park around there that you can sort of factor that, that in as well. So yeah. I think... That's what we'll be doing. Um, it would be nice if it was summer because then we could start factoring in the pool and 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 stuff wow. like that. But, yeah, um, it, it isn't always at the moment. <laughs> and, it is and bake. You can bake. You can cook. That's yeah. what we'll be doing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to hearing you say that. Like, there's, there's. I mean, it's a lot of inside activities, but I think that's a, a the same filter all of us are using. Like, can we think through what what are the things activities that our kids are are really you know, choosing to engage in, wanting to engage in, and how can we take an interest in that and invest some time with them in that and then have that outlet. And I think that's what, you know, no matter what season we're in, I think that's that's definitely part of the part of the equation here. It's just like finding activities and ways to connect and um and I think step out of our own interests for a moment to be able to like walk into their world and understand where they're at. And like you were talking about learning those learning those couple words for the teenagers that you can, you can ask them about their gaming or ask them about dance or ask them about whatever. So I, I love that. No, I yeah, I would go ahead. Tom. Go. I'll just say, you know, like if I'm in a class with kids and you can drop some anime names, don't you have to know anything about them, just the titles and all of a sudden your, your value is just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's it, it amazing. Like I, I'll, I'll throw out some names and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, I'm getting all kind of stories and updates and I don't, I don't know any of it. I just, I'm just, I'm just with it, you know, um, I, JD, I was going to say the power of child-led play, you yeah. know, I think just, um, just a parent saying, what, what do you want to do? And, you know, I think again, for me, for so long as a dad, I would come home and think about all the things that I needed to do. And it was, Hey, I need to mow the yard. Wouldn't it be fun for y'all to ride on the riding lawnmower? And, you know, it was, it was always do something so I can get something done. And just the power of, no, I'm just going to sit on the floor. What do you want to do? You want to, you want to have tea? You want to play with my little ponies? You want to play chess? You want to jump in the swimming pool? Whatever it is for them to, to know that you have, they have your undivided attention. There's just, there's, such power in that yeah. power of the coffee yeah yeah whatever you're doing i want to be part of it yeah awesome well and i was going to say this the other day we were trying to get our kids to go in the pool and they're like no we're tired and i was like i'm going in and all of a sudden they're like yeah they're you know and it's again i just want to encourage parents at the end of the day that's what they want they deeply want to connect with you and um 
you know, again, we've got kids ranging from 23 to 11. And at the end of the day, in their own way, they all want to connect with you. And it's yeah. going to look different. And you're going to go on some adventures and go to some things and watch some things and, you know, play video games and do all the things that you didn't think you were going to do. But at the end of the day, the goal is connecting with my kiddo. And that's the the great journey we get to go on. I think that is so so key. They want to connect. Even with parents, they're like, oh, my kid just doesn't care. It's like maybe they've learned that you don't want to connect, so they're going to put up a front as if they don't want to. But when they, when they see genuinely that, hey, he's in the pool, uh, oh, he actually wants wants to do this now, That that's a core need. You know, yeah. Yeah. I want to connect with you. I just maybe mm-hmm. don't know how or I've experienced that you don't want to do it. So, you know, when, when when you do it, even if you might get a little bit of pushback at first, just just keep just keep doing it and just keep opening yourself up to the opportunity and positioning yourself that hey, I'm willing. Yeah. Yeah. How and I think over in that pool. And I think the more you do it, because I think we all as adults have to own the fact that we don't do a great job playing. Mm. Right. And so I think the more we can help, we can play and be fully present with our kiddos. We develop a culture of play in our home. Then it, then it, it also, I mean, the big shift in our home that I kind of alluded to at the beginning of this was like, there are times that we have to have some structure in our home and there's some time, but you can, you can totally use play to redirect or like, it doesn't have to escalate all of a sudden if play is just the norm, And again, I'm not talking about silly, jokey, all that stuff all the time. But like when there is a playful engagement, then there can all that when we have to correct, when there has to be structure, we can do it in a playful way that they don't even know that that's what's happening, you know? Yeah, no, that's so cool. Yeah. Uh, Last question here. So what is your favorite example of this connecting practice in a movie, book or TV show? Tom, I'll give you the rights to go first on this one. (laughs) Tom, this is totally you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I was actually thinking the other day, Liar Liar, you know that movie with Jim Carrey? And he's got the claw. Yes. I I love, I love that one because you've, you've got the same, you've got the same action. You've got, you know, Jim Carrey doing this, the claw, and obviously he's, doing it Jim Carrey style. So it's 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 really over the top and involved and all the rest of it. And then you got the mom's boyfriend at the time doing the same thing, which is, you know, it's it's really not as well animated as Jim Carrey. But it's right. fascinating because that it obviously obviously it's a movie, but it's it's a point of connection. It's a game for the dad and the son. Other people can play the exact same game, but it doesn't have the same meaning. And and I love how you've got just one guy who has this this claw, and it doesn't matter where you are, and all of a sudden the claw comes out. And you know it, it can be silly, and I know it can be annoying for the moment in in the program. But right. I love the idea when I was thinking about it because it just it it was their thing. Mm-hmm. It was their thing, and anybody else who did it, it wasn't the same because it was just. Uh, it was an example of their connection just working itself out. Um, a and great example. Yeah, I, I thought that was a great one. Um, yeah. 
there's a similar there's a similar well it's not it's it's a it's similar claw uh deal but there's on if you search on either instagram or just you can you know search on youtube the data sore oh yes that, that, <laughs> that also. oh there's there's some daughters that always drive their mom crazy by they'll ask in the middle of a they're doing something cutting birthday cake or walking to the mall or something and they'll say Wait, dinosaur? Is that you? And the dad immediately <laughs> transforms into this like anime. I mean, Jim Carrey level animated, uh, animated uh, dinosaur. And like, they want the birthday cake. It, you know, whatever. I have no idea if it's a bit. If it, they're just doing it for the content, it's hilarious. Mom I don't care who they are. Yeah, the mom. The mom gives very genuine, sincere, like she's sick of it reactions, which yeah. always makes me laugh so much harder. And then he grabs the entire cake and starts smushing it into his face like a dinosaur. It's it's really, it's really funny. There have been times where uh if we have one kid that that we can tell is upset about something and they're playing it up more than they're really upset, but they're just, you know, taking liberty to be upset. And again, I give the disclaimer of you have to know your kids because sometimes this yeah. will be awful and backfire. But with this particular kid, we know sometimes, you know, they're just trying to be too cool or trying to, you know, act like, oh, dumb parents, dumb adults, I'm a teenager, I'm way cooler than this. But I will sometimes like fall on the floor and start being like, no, he doesn't want us to go. And it is every time it has gotten him to crack and and to like and to be like, get up, get up. Oh my gosh, this is the worst. I'm fine. Come on, let's go. Come on. <laughs> but then later on, they'll talk about it and they'll mimic it and show it. And it is it's really great. Um I so remember my son's first birthday, he was having a birthday cake and um and and I, I think he, he just sort of got his hands in there and, and started eating. And I thought, this is the way to go. And so I stuck my head in it. And <laughs> you know, you've got grandparents in the background like, you know, no, that's not what you do with a birthday cake. But that memory is still there. The, the photo is still there. Yeah. Just like the kid jumped in. Who cares? Jump yeah. in with the kid. Yeah. You, know, it's, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I can't remember any other birthday cake other than the one where we both just stuck our heads in and started eating it, you know, and, and cool. that was led by him. Yes, he was one. And, you know, maybe it was other reasons behind it, but it was just, it was fun. It was memorable. And now there's a story with that. And, and yeah, it was just, just following them and in the moment. And also how cool is it to, to do something like that? And like, Oh, I've done something wrong. And then all of a sudden the adult in the room jumps on board and does it with you. And it it just creates something, yeah. You know, it creates a bond. It creates a story that you know it strengthens that connection. So I, I just think that's cool. And very few people who are looking on see that and just say, "Oh my god, will you look at him? He's he's being silly, what a waste of child." Only <laughs> <laughs> too much of that, yeah. That it is, but people people always I think we always fear. I, I find myself. I'll speak for myself implicitly fearing people's responses at, at a level that is so deep I don't even realize it initially and when I'll kind of pause and ask myself like why am I so apprehensive about something it's almost always because of that and yet when I allow myself to be free enough to play with our kids I mean most of our parking lots we have one who loves to run through a parking lot and I don't know if she's destined for a life of you know stunts and daredevil stuff whatever but like 
we had to, you know, we worked with her therapist and I came up with kind of a plan like, okay, hey, plan for safety. Let's do this. But then we'll, we'll, we have to turn into a game to go. And so there's, there's times that I'm like in work clothes, you know, hopping like elf across the crosswalk as we, as we go walk somewhere with her and laughing. And it, you, you know, it's hard to get used to doing that in the beginning. Cause I think like all these people are watching me do this. And then if I continue that thought, it's like, all these people are watching me like act like an idiot with my kid and she's laughing and I'm laughing and we're having a great time and they're probably enjoying it too. Like there's no downside to that. You know, like people, people genuinely, very, very few people on earth would watch that interaction and think, oh, this is, this is outrageous. What a terrible this, dad. Yeah. What a horrible father. I would very mm-hmm. much like to see a clip of you hopping like an elf. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get you one. I'll get you one. If you can do that, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> I actually, for, uh, speaking of just the, like the loss of, of any embarrassment factor, um, I have a neighbor who, uh, is roughly the size of Will Ferrell and, uh, he is, I mean, he's just a, a giant dude and, uh, our neighborhood has these Christmas parties every year. So the neighborhood association kind of, you know, we'll, we'll go to one person's house. Everybody brings food and stuff. And we have big potluck and all that. Well, there is in our neighborhood, a guy who owns the local costume shop. And so he will always provide whatever costume is necessary for that event. So for the Easter egg hunt every year, there's a giant terrifying looking Easter egg, or uh, Easter bunny. There's for Halloween is usually something that we have to veto and say that is absolutely the demonic and we're not doing that <laughs> or there you know there will be for christmas there was the Santa suit well this year he was like hey get somebody else to help you because i've also got buddy the elf and unfortunately <laughs> this guy was new to the neighborhood and i was the only person that he knew well enough and so we're I, we walk our kids down to the christmas party and i was like whoa guys uh I need to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go back to the house real quick. I'll, I'll be right back. And so I run back to meet Jody and we change into our costumes. And, and we, I don't know why we didn't drive. We walked, it's almost half a mile. We walked so long through the neighborhood. That's the But we walk into the party as Buddy the Elf and Santa. And I just decided to follow. And he, he told me that for the last, and this, I think this is a great, you know, just file this away for you, for your ideas, everyone who's listening for the last like seven or eight years his kids think it's really funny when he, you know, does things that he get away with playing with them when they were tiny. Now they're all like, you know, the youngest one's eight, the oldest one's 15. So he still every year puts on a buddy, the elf costume and will run in on Christmas morning and go, guys, Santa, he was here. And they're all like, Oh, come on, dad. And he's like, your dad's here too. Where is he? I want to meet him. And he just stays in full character for like 45 minutes on Christmas morning. And he's been doing it since they were little. And they used to think it was really funny. And now like they all look forward to it, even though they groan when he runs in the room and he just hams it up the entire time. And so we did that in the, in the party and all the kids are coming up being like, why are you wearing that costume? And I'm like, who's wearing a costume? I love costumes. <laughs> so there are lots of pictures there that are now in the, the annals of our, um, of our neighborhoods <laughs> newsletters with me in this uh, costume. I'd so. like a copy of that as well. When you're sending that. <laughs> that one can't travel overseas. I'm sorry. But <laughs> Um, well, okay. Any, any last words on this from either of you guys from, or, or Tom, just kind of last words of encouragement for people who think about, I would say folks who hear this and they're like, I hear you that I need to do this and this, I don't know how to do this. Any, any last words for those guys? Well, like anything, it's going to take practice. 
I mean, that seems weird to say, um, but honestly, um, you know, I, like, like I said, for me, I, when I first kind of dove into changing my parenting style and wanted to be all playful, I kind of was over the top, goofy, silly. And, and so I just needed to learn how to play. And, um, and that was a shift. It was a shift for our kids too, you know? And so just know that it's going to, um, yeah, it's going to take time. And like anything, you're going to, you, you'll get better as you, you do it. <laughs> but, um, again, the goal is connection with your kiddo. And like you just said, there's, there's stories, there's things that our kids will remember because of the intentionality of playing. Yeah. And I, I just think it's like it's the biggest, cheapest gesture that you can make yeah. to just really enforce, you know, hey, maybe I need this relationship to change or you've got this a need that I want to meet. And, you know, for a child to to sit there and, you know, have dad come home in a big snazzy suit and go, geez, I'm important enough for him to get on the floor and yeah. play with me. It really doesn't take anything out of us, and it really doesn't doesn't take you know too much of our facets and stuff to to figure anything out. But the message that it drives home that you know I've I've got a voice, you know, you know I'm I'm the focus here. I've never been the focus before. I'm important mm -hmm. enough, and the child can see it, the child can feel it, the child can hear it. You know, it's just embedded in their mind and their memories. You know, and you know I just think it's it's fun, you know, and it's. Yeah. With all the seriousness, quite honestly, in, in the world right now, you know, what a what a wonderful tool that is healing and is just also such a joy to use. Um so yeah, that's yeah. I just think it's so powerful. I agree so much. Guys, thank y'all both so much for joining us today. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Well, again, uh, a huge thank you, Tom. Just loved getting to talk with him for a little bit. And uh, my hope is that maybe this episode can uh, lessen the pressure that we feel sometimes to play. Um, it's so important to know our play style, to know our kids' play style, and then to know how to bridge that gap um, together. And so uh, hopefully this episode at least uh, began to, sh to shed light on how uh, that process can happen. So uh, we are so excited to have had Tom on. We're so excited to be continuing in this series of um, having our Cultivate Connection facilitators uh, with us. And so we are uh, going to continue having them with us throughout the rest of the summer. And so if you're listening to this live, we got several more weeks left of having Cultivate Connection facilitators on and talking about our connecting practices. And so we're hopeful that you'll join us. We're hopeful that these things are being helpful. These episodes are helpful for you. Um, let us know in a review or in a comment on our post on social media um, if these episodes have been helpful for you or not. With all that said, uh, without any further ado, uh, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast, and for everybody here at Empowered to Connect, I'm J.D. Wilson, and we will see you next week on the ETC podcast.